Restaurant Unstoppable episode 749 with Zaid Ayoub. If you jump in without really understanding the depth of the water, it could be very, very deep and you could drown. So the reason I chose that today is because we're in this pandemic and we're trying to figure out how to do things different, how to experiment with different uh, product lines, how to launch different markets. My, my, my mantra here is whatever we do, we do slow, we do calculated, we test first when, and get some results. And if the results are good, then you jump in and, and, and go full, full, full blast. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. What are you doing right now? I'll tell you what you're doing if you're in the market for a new POS. You're headed to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to set up your own demo, and you're going to find out why it's the most recommended POS on the show by a landslide. Guys, if you use my link, not only will you get the incentives that Toast is offering you by using the link I'll also share my commission with you. I'll split my commission with you 50-50 after taxes. That's about $2,000. So I'll send you a check for $1,000 to say thank you and to help support you during these weird times. Again, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. Whether you want to accept it or not, more and more guests would rather text instead of speaking over the phone. Well, if you don't believe me, then ask the 9 out of 10 customers who want to text a business or the 80% of customers who want contactless curbside pickup. Here's the kicker. Only half of the businesses in America are text capable. I know it's crazy. So right now, set up a business texting line and immediately get an advantage over your competition. No cost, no contract, no reason not to get started. Head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash podium and get podiums starter version free. That's restaurantunstoppable.com slash podium. What's going on, Unstoppables? We have a great show for you today. Zaid Ayub is coming back on the show for, I think it's a third time. He joined us. He was episode 619. I highly recommend you guys go check out that episode 619. I'll link to it in the show notes. And we also had him back to uh, share some information around uh, COVID-19 during the Corona Chronicles. So, uh now he's back on the show. Uh, we're reconnecting to talk about how he has uh, basically converted his commissary space into a direct-to-market operation where he's uh, delivering their menu items straight from their menu. They're also doing these prepackaged uh, catering items like uh, like kind of like a family meal style where like you can get a bunch of whatever that's on their menu like in a, a bigger portion that you can eat throughout the week and they're also just doing grocery items but he takes us through uh that approach uh why they made this change um the 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 strategy behind how they're they're targeting their uh their their customers and how they're getting the, those people to use these other um options these at-home delivery services and then i uh, will also get into some of the technology he's leveraging and the delivery models he's le- leveraging it's a really uh packed full episode of great advice and this is recorded live uh and you guys can now join these conversations if you want to be a part of the conversation and being a part of transforming the infor- the transforming the industry then head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash network or just go straight over to the network restaurantstoppablenetwork.com and create 
a profile, join the conversation. I uh, can't wait to have you over there. And I guess with no further ado, here we are, Zaid Ayub, CEO and founder of Saj Mediterranean. Here he is. All right. With excitement, allow me to welcome back on the show for a third time now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zaid. Third time, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Zaid yeah. Ayub. Zaid how, Zaid, how are you today? You're feeling unstoppable? I'm feeling unstoppable. Yes, I am. <laughs> nice. So uh, like I mentioned, Zaid was on the show. This is uh, his third time on the show. He joined us the first time for episode 619, uh, where we kind of got your backstory, how you you build your... How many restaurants are you up to now with Saj Mediterranean? We have 13. 13 locations. So we kind of got the backstory of how you built Saj Mediterranean. Uh, then we got you back on the show right after COVID-19 struck. We kind of were learning how you were dealing with it. And now that was almost... Uh, geez, going on like seven months ago. Yeah, like seven months ago. So now we're going to talk about where you've taken your operation, how you've really pivoted your business with COVID-19, specifically how you converted your commissary kitchen into a direct-to-market operation. Uh, so I can't wait to get into that. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? Uh, great. Great to be here, Eric. Again, um, this is more of an of a, um, inspirational quote rather than a success quote. And actually both, it is never test the depth of the river with both feet. Never test the depth of a river uh, with both feet. I love that, man. Get into that. Why, why was that the quote you chose for us today? So this is a quote by Warren Buffett, the sage of Omaha, you know, fantastic investor. And when he does investing, he never dumps, he never goes in very, very deep. If it's something new that he doesn't know, he kind of kind of touch the surface and, you know, put, puts it, uh, dips his toes in the water just see how deep it is. If you jump in without really understanding the depth of the water, it could be very, very deep and you could drop. So the reason I chose that today is because we're in this pandemic and we're trying to figure out how to do things different, how to experiment with different uh, product lines, how to launch different markets. And uh, my, my, my mantra here is whatever we do, we do slow, we do calculated, we test first it went and get some results. And if the results are good, then you jump in and, and, and go full, full, full blast. I love that approach. I love that approach. Uh, I'm curious with all that's going on right now. I feel like there isn't a lot of time to really drag your feet at the same time because the the world's changing around us. We need to make changes. So how do you find that balance between testing something, uh, not going in with two feet, uh, but also pulling a trigger and getting something started because you can't go too long without evolving? No, a very, very good question. Very good point. And, you know, uh, the pandemic really, in my view, accelerated the future in the food yeah. business. It's, it's basically, you know, technology was, was uh, important, but now it's very, very important. And it changed consumer behavior in a way where, you know, some of it will go back to how it was before and some of it would not. So there'll be changes that are permanent. So the trick is to figure out where things are going. And, uh, the trick is to figure out what? Where things are going, where okay. where is the market going to be? What what kind of technologies you need to deploy? Um, and uh, no, not knowing exactly where things are going to be, you got to try different things. Yeah, you got to try it. You got to you got to try whether it's menu evolution or concept evolution or which are different things, or uh, try different products, try different approaches, try different technologies, and you don't really know, right? So and 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 obviously when when you're in in a situation like we all are in today. We don't have unlimited resources. It's not like we're you know, growing and things are fantastic and now we could really 
uh, put budgets into uh, new products or new uh, new initiatives. <clears throat> so what you have to do is, <clears throat> excuse me, what you have to do is, uh, what we do is we, we identify two or three different opportunities and uh, we, we do them, you know, calculated and fast. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do them slow, you do them fast, but you don't go all in uh, without testing and getting some, some feedback. And I'll give you an example where when we launch a new product, we test it in one or two locations first. Uh, you make sure that there's the customer uh, uh, acceptance. You make sure that there's the traction. They make sure that we're meeting the numbers. And you define success the way, uh, any way you want, right? I mean, you, you put your, your, your parameters up front. And if you do meet the successes or you get to the, to the results that you're expecting, then you could go and launch it everywhere else. Uh, I, I, we can't afford to go launch something new that's not going to be successful across the whole system. And uh, uh, and it doesn't work. Then yeah. you really, you know, ended up. You, and because the resources we have today are limited, and you mm-hmm. got to put them in the right location. Yeah. yeah, and that 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 all makes sense. Uh, I think it's a great way to get this thing started. Uh, so, w- real quick, why don't you paint the picture for us uh, where Saj Mediterranean was uh, basically before you made you pull the trigger to go with this direct to consumer direct to market operation like paint a picture of where you were at and what was influencing your decisions great uh, so so um we when when covid hit we basically shut down all locations and the idea there was to understand the the extent of this and understand what kind of procedures and protocols we need to do to protect uh, you know our employees to protect our our guests and really put our arms on the, the health aspect of it. Uh, two weeks later, we started opening stores gradually. Um, uh, today, we have 10 out of 13 locations open. Uh, some are doing good. Some are doing not so good. Uh, the, what we found is that the locations that are in the suburbs are doing much better than locations that are in downtown or high-density areas. And actually, we have a couple of locations, one in downtown San Francisco and one in downtown LA that uh, that are actually shut down we, because just because there's nobody there. And the biggest impact for us is, you know, we're very heavy for uh, corporate catering and corporate guests, and nobody's going to work. Everybody's working, let me rephrase that, people are working from home, nobody's going to the office. Mm-hmm. So to us, that was, a, that was a big impact. But what we realized is the suburbs do well. So we, we, we did a lot of things. We introduced, we always had family meals. We, we really... Uh, uh, made that a bigger offering and focused on it a lot. Uh, we introduced what's called side plates, uh, which is different than the bowls or the wraps. They're designed more for dinner at home. So you get an actual plate with uh, items separated rather than on a bowl. It's just a different culinary experience. Um, and uh, uh, we started looking at uh, where are the customers? Well, the customers are at home. This is probably in the May timeframe, April, May timeframe. We're into, this, into the COVID thing for about a month. And we figured people are at home, you know, they're ordering delivery, uh, meals on demand. But, you know, it'd be kind of cool for, 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 for our guests to get a meal kit in specific. And uh, not for to, to, to be consumed right away. It can be. But uh, maybe it's a Saturday, you, op- you order a meal kit for Sunday lunch. Or you order a meal kit for Monday dinner. Uh, so it's not on demand. It is second day delivery. It could be third day or you could schedule it. And the idea is that people are home, they're bored, and we could get them something to have fun with. And our approach to meal kits was not from scratch, even though you can, and there's a lot of players that do meal kits from scratch. Ours is actually fully cooked, uh, and what you need to do is just reheat the, the, the proteins mainly when you get them. 
in about 10, 15 minutes, you know, I'm going to end up with a really nice uh, meal that is designed for four people. You know, we came up with a vegan option. We came up with a, a protein, you know, steak or chicken. And uh, it wasn't very customizable. It's basically a kit that you get. And that's how we, you know, kind of evolved into this direct-to-consumer channel. Yeah. Um, so, so it sounds like what you did is you took a, a big step back. You looked at your situation. You looked at the underperforming locations and the performing locations. You figured out why uh, the certain locations were doing right. And then you started to to make it more convenient for the operations that were doing well. You're saying, who, which operations are doing well and why are they doing well? Okay, um, the the operations that are in communities, smaller communities, suburban communities, um, and why are they doing well? Because that's where everybody is right now. Okay, how can we make it more convenient for them? It's kind of like the, the thought process that I'm picking up. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to, to really uh, engage the cust- our guests with our food in a fun way where they're participating in the preparation and the cooking of the meal. And then so, yeah, in, in the yeah. whole engagement element. So are, how yeah. are you, take us through that process of what that engagement looks like real quick. So, so basically, uh, it's, uh, the, the, the meal kit is pre-curated uh, by our chef. Uh, it, it's a full meal for four people. Uh, there's proteins, there's starch, there's uh, 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 greens, salads. There's obviously has all our sauces and a dessert. And it comes in a package. Um, that uh, we cryovac everything at the commissary. We had to figure out the back end of it. Obviously, we had to figure out how to pack it, how to you know cook the product and cool it. It's a it's a cold item. You know, okay. it becomes. Uh, called and uh, we deliver it within a two-hour window. Uh, so you order it, let's say, today's Wednesday, you want it for Saturday at noon. We'll, you'll get an email from us saying we're going to be there between uh, 11 and 1, 1 p.m. Uh, and with that email, you're going to get a, an instruction sheet of how what to do with every item that you get. Uh, and it's designed to be very, very simple, uh, using really one pan or one one pot so you don't dirty the whole kitchen. Uh, stuff that you could put in the bacon oven, like the falafels come in, all you have to do is just heat them. They're already in, a, in an aluminum tray that you just put in the oven to, to heat. So very simple instructions. And we guide you through the whole process. And the thing is not, you know, it shouldn't take more than 10, 15 minutes to get it all ready. And when you're done, you have this complete meal that uh, basically you, you cooked or you prepared at your leisure whenever you want. And by the way, you could get it, let's say, for Friday at noon, but keep it in the fridge till Sunday. It'll be just yeah. fine. It has about a, anywhere, the proteins have about three to five day shelf life in the fridge. So you could keep it for the, for a while. And uh, so we back, we back engineered the packaging and all of the, the customer experience. And then now you get it. You really don't have to use anything else other than a pot and your stove to get it ready uh, uh, in your kitchen. So you're, you're engaged with it, you know, and there's instructions and, uh, you know, could tell you fun facts. If you want to make it spicy, you could add this and that kind of stuff. I think we might dissect some of the 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 more of the step by step stuff as we go on into this, but I'm really curious. You mentioned that uh, one of the when you took that step back to kind of assess the damage, you said that one of the big things that you lost was your corporate catering, um, and now you're just trying to bring this this the, this the, this corporate food to the corporations at home. Um, are you? I mean, is, is there something to that? specifically uh, trying to re- recover, recoup some of your corporate, op- your corporate operation uh, capital to people at home. Is there anything to keep in the back of your mind that that's your target market? That's a great question, Eric. And, and, and that takes me back to my original quote where when you test the water, you test it you know, slowly with one yeah. foot and not two. And that's actually another program that we're working on. 
we launched uh, not too long ago the ability for, uh, I call it um, individual meals at scale. Uh, basically, you know, take a company, uh, XYZ, they had a group of 30 people that we used to cater to every Wednesday, right? And now those 30 people are at home within, I assume, a 10-mile radius, just for yeah. the sake of argument. So we have a program where we could go to the head of that department or to the administrator of that department, and uh, we could create, we have the technology where we could create codes for the administrator or the head of that department to uh, feed those 30 people at home from us, and we deliver individually to all okay. these guys by themselves. So if you were um, working, at, say, at Google or Facebook, where they have this incredibly robust dining situation, they, they, they eat better than kings, these employees. <laughs> um, now what, what you can do, if, if, if Facebook and Google, the, all these corporate operations of the world want to be able to treat their uh, employees with that same level of you know, uh, intimacy regarding food, they can get a promotional code where they basically get a, a meal paid for them. Exactly. That's or, or a discount. Or a discount. I mean, yeah. some customers say, you know what, we just want to give our, our guests, our, uh, our, our employees a 20% discount. Or you know yeah. what, we'd like to buy them dessert, right? So, so we have that already implemented. Uh, what we're noticing though, which is very interesting, is that a lot of the corporations that used to feed their employees in the office are actually not doing that while the employee's at home. Hmm. And, and, you know, we, we reached out to a lot of our uh, contacts at, at big corporations, which is really interesting. And we're trying to find, understand why is, it, why is that. It's possibly because there's additional cost for the employee being at home, you know, internet access and cell phones and other things, that and office and all of that. Yep. Uh, so it, has not been, it's, it hasn't been taken off yet. Uh, but I think at some point, so that's another program that we have other, it is direct to consumer, obviously, but it's direct to corporate consumer at all. Okay. Very great question. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. I think we're at a good spot right now to take a break to thank our sponsors. And then I kind of want to get into like the nitty gritty of how you're actually setting this up, what tools you went to, to make this all come together. Uh, we'll be right back. Head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to find out why Toast POS is the number one recommended POS on the show by a landslide. So there's a bunch of reasons why Toast is being recommended on the show, but I'm finding the most common reason is because of their customer support. And now, while I don't think you'll need their customer support all the time, it when that Friday night rolls around and there is a question you have and you're busy, you're going to wish you were able to get right into that customer support and they will be there for you. Uh, the other reason why Toast is always being recommended on the show is because of how many other platforms integrate with Toast. So you can literally marry all the technologies in your company together. They'll, they'll work together. They integrate together and you can turn on these additional features as you need them. It's like flipping a switch. It's that easy. So that's why I love toast. That's why my guests love toast. And again, if you want to learn more, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, I'll send you a check for a thousand dollars. When you become a customer, we are back and now what I really want to do, I think we kind of set up the listeners to get a picture of where you are and why you made these pivots. But what I would love to know is how you're doing it, how you're executing it, what that looks like. Excellent. <clears throat> so uh, before I get into the nitty gritty of the specifics of the meal kits, um, uh, let me tell you one thing that's interesting that happened is that we had the meal kit uh, online ordering uh, uh, on our regular online ordering platform. And what we found is as people were buying the meal kits, they were buying other items from our regular menu. And ironically, they're not buying prepackaged meals. 
or 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 uh, on demand meals they're buying sauces they're buying um, uh, individual items um, turnips by itself or hummus by itself and uh, so that's where the market idea came in you know we started with the meal kits as the concept and then we're looking well people are buying our stuff a la carte and now why don't we accentuate this meal kit program to offer everything that Saj has including our soup mixes our you know rice spiced rice and turmeric rice and all of that in kits for uh, home consumption and we dabbled with the idea of making it a, a complete market uh, what i mean by complete is you know like an arbitsons or a safer or a whole foods where you could even offer you know excuse the punt but toilet paper and and masks and all that kind of stuff and then we realized you know that's not what we do you know we're we're really that's not our market uh, we're not going to become a grocery store uh, or a target for that matter. What we want to do is offer our products that Saj has, everything that we do, all our spices, all our uh, pantry items, all our uh, legumes, all our starches, all our produce uh, to, our, to our clients. And that's where the market as a whole developed. And that okay. took us a couple of months to put together. And it was really driven by the, the fact that our guests we're ordering our items anyway. So, so think of it now, we are, the Saj market is the Mediterranean-focused yeah. market. So if you want hummus, that's really great. You could come to us and get it fresh. If you want our lentil soup mix, which is extremely popular, by the way, we, so we, 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 you could have that. And that's a kit. We call that a side kit now. So we have the main kit, which is a whole meal or four, but then we have side kits, like uh, you could even buy our falafel Falafel mix with spices, yeah. and you could make it or fry it, make it or fry it at home. Yeah. So that's how the market can evolve. This, I feel like this might be a, like a little bit of a stretch. And correct me if you think I'm swinging and missing here, but you know, Saj Mediterranean food is, and I had the pleasure of eating while I was out there. You guys definitely carved out a niche, a corner of the market where like the normal consumer can't necessarily go to the grocery store. And unless you know exactly what you're doing, you, or you might not even have the option to get all the ingredients you need to do the kind of cooking that you're doing in your restaurants because it's so specialty. It's so niche and it's extremely popular. So now you're building these habits into people eating the super healthy, super ethnic food that they can't necessarily recreate at home because they don't know where to get the ingredients. And you're saying, Hey, if you want to continue with these habits we've helped you develop eating healthy, eating this ethnic food and you want to do it at home, we can help you scratch that itch because we know where to get the ingredients and you're becoming a solution to continue the habit, the good habits they already created. Is that kind of, do you think why this was successful or part of why this is successful? It's, it's, I think it's part of it, right? I mean, it's, it's part of it. There's many things that come into play. Absolutely. Having the Sarge, product, uh, the size quality and the healthy ingredients is one. Um, and by the way, as you know, Eric, we've always been very transparent about our recipes, about what goes into everything. Uh, we don't, we share all recipes with everybody anyway. So, so that to us was a natural, you know, you know, now being, giving you our falafel mix and telling you what's inside it and how to do it. You know, we, we before we're telling you how to do it, now we're actually providing it to you, mm-hmm. right? So we're taking it one step further. And the biggest thing here really is convenience. You know, yeah. again, again, you look at people are staying at home. They, they, they want to have fun doing stuff uh, in terms of cooking and, and being with the family. 
uh, and we and and the other thing is delivery. Now, instead of you going to the store and trying to procure all of these spices and all of these items, well, guess what? We're delivering it to you. Uh, and uh, so it's a it's a combination of convenience of uh, a high quality product. It's the accentuation of the brand. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's it's a different business. The tempo of the business, the way it's done, is really different than operating. Uh, 13 locations so we had to learn a lot and we're still we're learning we're still learning as we go uh, yeah. so what, what i would like to get into now is kind of to like take the, the the listeners through the journey from like start to beginning um the technology you've chose to stand on one leg with you know or to, to, to step into that water with that one leg and i want to like i would love to refer some like the step-by-step structure into how to execute this. Uh, so we're, like, let's just start with actually placing the order. Like what did you have to do to your, your infrastructure to be able to support these unique items? Did you have to change anything about how people were ordering? Absolutely. Uh, we, we looked at it as um, a, couple of, a couple of main things that make this different. First of all, this is not an on-demand product. So, Normally, when you order food from a restaurant, it's to be consumed within the next 45 minutes. Yeah. And so the restaurant has to make it. You have to figure out how to deliver it. And it's packaged individually or family style or whatever. So this is not on demand is mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing is, uh, and, 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 and we have a 24-hour window. So you know, if you order for today, the earliest you can get it is tomorrow. Uh, the second thing is we centralized it. You know, we're, we're getting it out of our commissary. And we really conceptually treat it as a catering order rather than an on-demand order. So what that does allows us to do a lot of things in the back end in terms of packaging, in terms of preparations, in terms of uh, uh, cooking. And the other big element here is the delivery. Now, we have this only in the Bay Area. It's not even 50, maybe a 25-mile radius. Our delivery is the milkman approach and not the tax approach. What, what that means is, you know, I consolidate all the orders that come into us for Monday delivery and we go on a route or you could go two routes or three routes if you have a lot of orders and you deliver in a series. So the delivery aspect of it to us becomes uh, less challenging than if we were to get something to you within a 45 minute window. Uh, so these things make this a little different. So the management of it is completely different. So we put it under the category of catering. We developed a, a new online ordering platform for it. And now, the, when, you look, when you look at it, you scroll through items based on what they are. So you start with meal kits, then side kits, then you go into uh, sauces, then you go into spices, then you go into legumes, then you go into pantry. And uh, talking about the details, we had to change the form factors of what we make to be more suitable for the consumer at home. So, for example, our soup mix is done in 10-pound bags. And it's a mix of lentil and spices and all that kind of stuff that we do in the commissary. Uh, and it's designed you know, to be taken to the store. And then in the store, they cook it. And there's instructions of how to cook it. And you end up with a huge pot of soup that's for the restaurant to be there for, you know, the, for the day or for half the day and for, to serve 200 people. Uh, well, at home, <laughs> a 10-pound 10, a 10 soup mix is really not what you want, right? I mean, you can if you love it and you're going to just portion it, right? What you want is a one-pound or, or, a, or an eight-ounce soup mix that, you know, you add four cups of water to and you end up with a serving for four people or, a serving, or eight servings. Gotcha. So we have to change the form factors 
to be more uh, consumer uh, friendly. Same with the proteins. You know, our proteins uh, bags come out of the commissary in seven-pound bags. Well, you know, people don't want to buy seven-pound bags of, of meat, of shawarma meat, right? You want to buy a pound. So we have to change, which means we had to, and, and, and it becomes very tricky now because on, in the meal kits, our proteins are cooked and chilled. But you could actually buy a pound of marinated uncooked meat as well. So okay. we have to be careful in how you handle it, cryovac, you know. Uh, so uh, you, what, I guess what I'm curious about, um, so you said you had to build a whole new basically page on your website to handle catering. So I'm guessing people go to Saj Mediterranean, they click on you know, order here, maybe there's like, a, I don't know exactly how it's laid out. I can probably pull it up. But from there, um, there's two options to do like straight from the menu or catering. They land on the catering page, they fill out the fields, they select the items they want. Um, what tool are you leveraging to build out that catering page? We're using a, like a, a plugin program. on your website or anything like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a plugin. We use, we use a tool called Zuppler for okay. online ordering. Okay. Now, our, our on-demand, our regular on-demand uh, uh, tools, we use Olo as the online ordering platform. Okay. And uh, Olo and Dispatch allows us to uh, dispatch the orders when you order from us, and we deliver it directly uh, using whomever our delivery partner is. So okay. that's something that we have, but that's designed for on-demand. That's for, you know, if you want a wrap or you want an actual individual meal, that, that goes on the regular. So when you go to our online Ordering page is very distinct. Do you want the food now and cooked, or do you want a catering and a market that's delivered for delivery uh, the second day? Uh, and and the way we do it is when we do the promotions and the emails and invite people to come in. There's a hyperlink that gets you to where you need to go right away, so you don't have to man- navigate. And what gotcha. we're seeing is people jump back and forth, which is really cool. I mean, that's really what jumping we want. back we want and to- forth between what the yeah, normal menu the and the catering. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha, and we gotcha. get we, we get comments. Why is this available here and not there? You know, and so we're getting engagement, which is kind of cool. And again, we're learning, right? So we're, we're, we're adapting to, to make it easier and, and offer as much as we can to the consumer whether they want to come this out. Okay. And those tools, again, one more time, I think I heard Olo for your online ordering, Dispatch for the actual transportation? For, for the on-demand. On-demand. For on-demand. On-demand. What I mean by on-demand is delivering right, right there and then within an hour. Yeah, so they're actually ordering from the menu, like your traditional menu. Correct. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, then, it's, it's as if you're in the store. Yeah, it's and then you, you, you mentioned, um, was it Zap, Zapier? Or Zapper? Zuppler. 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 Z-U-P-P-L-E-R. Uh, and they are our partner for the catering online uh, fulfillment. They got nothing to do with the delivery. We do, we do our own delivery. We have our own vans, refrigerated vans that go. And again, that's the milkman delivery approach where we go and drop off. Uh, gotcha. So using your own catering assets to do that, um, what exactly Correct. is Zuppler doing for you? It's the online tra- platform. Okay. It's the actual online platform. The, the, the commerce, the, the, yeah. the, the, the market Correct. space. Gotcha. Correct. Um, okay, Correct. cool. I think that, that helps kind of round off those curiosities. One other thing you mentioned that I think is really important um, and we, we could pun intended unpackage that now is packaging. Um, you, especially packaging for corporate events. And I think people get very lazy when it comes with just getting the food. Like as soon as it gets out the door, like we forget about what the customer experience is with the packaging. Um, how have you overcome that challenge, especially with meal kits? How have you made meal kits more um, appealing? It's a great question, by the way. And we're, we're evolving as we go. And again, one of those things where we kind of 
don't jump into the river with both feet. Um, <laughs> we started with simple uh, uh, cryovacking, and uh, uh, we put them in an actual aluminum tray with ice packs. And we realized that that's okay, but that's not the best thing. Then we moved into cryovacking, and we have our own thermal bags that you put the items in. And mind you, with the Saj market, you have some dry goods. You, know, you could buy a can of turnips from us, uh, or you could buy you know, the soup mix, which is dry, and you could buy you know, meats uh, or, or fully cooked uh, uh, meals. So the packaging varies, um, and uh, it evolved as we go. So we, now we have thermal bags that we put the, the products in. And the fact that we deliver gives us the flexibility to really handle it with care and, uh, and, and the key also is when you deliver, it's contactless, right? You get to the, to the customer's home, you text them that the product is in and you leave it on the front door. It's, you got to keep in mind that this thing could sit on the front door for a couple of hours before somebody comes and picks it up. So we're very sensitive to temperature. We have ice packs. Uh, we're developing better packaging now that will allow us to actually ship the product overnight uh, anywhere. So, so that we could, we could get into getting outside the Bay Area. Uh, there's a lot of meat kit companies that do that. We're figuring out how you could actually uh, put the product in uh, thermal boxes that are you know, very well sealed. All the items are carried back properly. So if you actually send it, you could use, you know, for example, UPS or FedEx or whatever to send it overnight. Uh, so that's where we're going with this. We're not there yet, and we're learning on optimizing the packaging. Obviously, with every, every the instruction sheets, um, uh, QR codes, download information, and how to go to our website. So we try to make it a, a complete uh, experience. And the other thing we do is uh, feedback. We solicit feedback from our customers all the time to tell us what worked, what didn't work. And you could do that. You know, we, we, we have actually regular uh, feedback sheets. We send emails uh, with SurveyMonkey to uh, get feedback from customers to learn and, and optimize this. Okay. So uh, real quick, uh, and I don't want to get too far off topic from our main point, which is converting a commissary to direct to market. But I think this is a cool little side lesson here. Um, so on your packaging, is it a stamp? Is it, are you, is it coming printed when you get it, a QSR code that your guests can scan to then the, 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 the purpose of this QR code is to direct them to what a landing page where there's the, the link to the survey, a link to what else? Yeah, so it's it's a link to the, uh, to the instruction sheet and the link to the survey and obviously to our website. So you could you could get uh, you could find nutrition facts, you could find allergens and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're not yet at the point where we have a QR code or uh, or a uh, SIC code on every product yet. Okay. Uh, you know, like, you know, like the, if you go to any grocery store, you could scan stuff. We're not there yet because, you know, it, it's, it is a different business. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's again, we're, we're evolving, uh, but we're not there yet. At, yeah. at some point, I think we have to for inventory mm-hmm. control and quality control and traceability and all that kind of stuff. And one thing I don't think we've gotten into, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I apologize if I miss this completely, um, is the, the uh, hub and spoke model. So, do you want to get into that a little bit more? So you, you have a commissary, you have the stores. Um, what's your, your strategy for leveraging? Or what is the, what is the, the spoke and um, hub? Right. hub model? And what is that? Hub and spoke, yeah. So, so we, we really did that in a very nice way for our regular corporate catering. 
okay. aside from the market, right? In the old days, all this pre-COVID, you know, when we had a, a very, very big catering business for corporations, our uh, our sauces and our you know specialty items are made at the commissary, and then they're distributed to the stores, and the the stores execute the caterings and they deliver to the final user. So it's a, it's a hub that makes everything, and a spoke model that you send. Things at the end of every spook is an actual kitchen that prepares the catering and and delivers it to that radius that they're in uh, for okay. corporate catering. So they have their own vans and you know. So we standardize the process where all of these spooks and we have thirteen of them does the same thing as the commissary does, but those thirteen spokes are able to deliver to their re, to their own regions. So that's really what the hub spoke uh, model model is all about. Okay. For, cool. for the for the market, that's where we want to go, but we're not going to do it with all thirteen stores. We're going to do it based on region, because so for example, we have a store in San Ramon, which is in the East Bay. So you, one store only could take care of all of the East Bay. One store only could take care of all of the San Francisco area. One store only could take all of Silicon Valley area. And the reason for that is the delivery is not on demand. And that would make what now I could schedule the delivery in a route the next day that could handle a lot more than the lunch rush where everybody wants to eat at noon or everybody wants to eat at 6 p.m. And that's what gives us the flexibility to have a nice hub and spoke model without having 13 locations servicing the market. You only have four or five in the Bay Area. So it, it, the dynamics are different in, in, in dealing with it. Yeah. Um- I think one thing we haven't really got into at this point, we talked a lot about the the tools you're use, you're using, the process you're using to get the food out of the commissary and out of the stores to the consumer. Um, packaging. We haven't really talked about making that experience at home better. The things you're doing, like putting instructions in with the delivery and really like holding the guest's hand or the customer's hand through that experience at home by, by, by giving them the tools they need. So what, what are some of those tools? What are some of the things that you can do to make that at-home experience better and to empower your consumer? Yeah, good, good question. And, and, and honestly, we're learning as we go. Um, this is, you know, uh, I call it the intersection between the grocery business and the restaurants. It's kind of in between. And uh, I don't know how, how, how it's going to evolve. What we're noticing, though, is that the more people are ordering individual items rather than kits or, or side kits, uh, which means, you know, they like our hummus, for example. They buy that by itself, or our baba ganoush, or tabbouleh kit. Tabbouleh kit is very popular. And the reason tabbouleh kit is very popular is because there's so many ingredients. It's very labor-intensive. So what happens is, uh, and you need to consume it within an hour or two, otherwise it gets stale. Uh, we're noticing that there's a big demand for that. Uh, so uh, uh, the, 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 I think the customers are having fun ordering different things. And we look at some of the orders and it doesn't really make sense what, what people are buying. It's, it's, they're not buying for one meal. They're buying to keep something in the pantry and something in the fridge and something consumed right away. Um, so, um, but, you know, we source feedback and, and whenever we, whatever we get in terms of feedback, we try to improve and make it a better experience for the customers. Our labeling, I think, is very cool. You know, you get very nice labels. Everything's well-defined. De- Everything's measured by weight. Um, and our website shows the pictures of exactly what you're going to get. Uh, so there's a lot of transparency. 
Yeah. Uh, but so we're learning. We're you learning. can't over communicate, whether that be with imagery right. or written instructions. And it sounds like what you guys do is you send uh, instructions with the, the meal kit. Um, right. So uh, cooking instructions, temperature instructions, temperature and heat, because right. you got you to gotta kind of predict all the problems that your, your consumer might run into at home and kind of like help steer them through that experience. So we do actually have a really great question from Adam. And I think now is kind of a great time to kind of work that into the conversation. So Adam, actually, I'm just going to turn your mic on and you can go ahead and ask your question. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested um, in sort of the economics of of the delivery and how it works. Do you guys are you guys charging customers a fee for delivery? And uh, are you how are your drivers getting paid? Are they getting paid just hourly plus plus tips? And is there a tipping point for how many deliveries they need to do a day to make enough tips to actually earn a living wage? And and so what have the, what have the issues been with the logistics of actually carrying out those door to door deliveries? Where did you guys struggle the most? Great, great. Thank you, Adam. Great questions. Um, so so like I, I mentioned, this is a uh, not on demand, right? So so the orders are delivered generally the next day, and they're scheduled, which makes the delivery piece a lot easier than uh, you know, you're ordering a meal and expecting it to arrive to your home within 45 minutes. That's the, that's the expensive part of delivery. When you do the delivery like we do it, which is the milkman approach, we go from home to home, uh, you could schedule it, you could map out the route, and you could do a lot more deliveries in one go than you know, going back and forth to the restaurant to, to pick up and deliver. Uh, we deliver with our own vans and our own employees. Um, we've always done that for catering. Um, uh, so it's, this is to us an extension of our catering program. Uh, and our employees get paid, you know, we, we, we tend to be pay our employees well. Uh, we do charge delivery of five ninety nine uh, for any item, for any order that's below $100. Bucks. It's free delivery over $100. Um, and, uh, you know, we're selling, in this case, as you know, uh, our individual items. So uh, other than the meal kits, there's really not much labor involved in everything else that we sell other than packing and, and, and uh, cryovac and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and the, the prices that we have are really uh, uh, affordable in a sense where we make them, you know, uh, uh, very, uh, very accessible to all our guests. The idea is to get people to, to get more of our product. And again, I believe in the network effect where, you know, you do more uh, direct-to-consumer, you're going to end up getting more uh, uh, on-demand, you're going to be getting more at the store. So it's really just another product line to, to accentuate the brand. Um, and uh, we do accept tip, tips, and the tips go to, to, to uh, the people that actually deliver the, the, the product. Yeah, What's the, what are the differences between um, doing a catering uh, catering deliveries, which we're used to, and, and the direct-to-consumer. I know you mentioned uh, you have to have ice packs in, in a cooler or something like that to keep the items cold. Is there anything else logistically that you've, that you've struggled with um, that someone should be aware of if they want to do something like this? But the, again, the differences between, between you know, normal catering, which a lot of restaurants do, and, hey, now you're delivering to people's houses sort of on demand. Um, not yeah, great, great question. Again, a couple of things, really. Um, the order size for us, at least, and I, I don't know if that's industry uh, across the whole industry, but the order size for us on the direct-to-consumer is a lot smaller than the catering uh, orders that we, that we get from corporate customers. That's one big difference. 
The other big difference is that the catering orders are are uh, cooked and ready to be consumed upon arrival. Uh, and people want to get it normally for corporations at lunch, whether it's 11.30 or 12 or 1. So you get this peak demand for catering deliveries uh, at lunchtime for cooked product that's ready to be consumed right away versus in this case, it's product that's going to come in that's going to end up either in the refrigerator or in the pantry and you're going to take it and eat it whenever you want with a smaller order size. So the dynamics are quite different. And what we do today is we execute all of the Sage market out of our commissary. Eventually, we're going to have it distributed over three or four locations, like I said, as Hubban spoke. For catering, we really have to have as many stores cater as possible to be able to, number one, deal with the volume because you get so much demand at lunch uh, that no, no one location can handle. The second thing is to be able to be the closest to the customer uh, uh, geographically to be able to deliver instantly to be for food to be consumed right away. In, uh, in the case of the market, something could sit in the van for four hours as long as the temperature is controlled, it doesn't matter. So the dynamics are different. Um, and and the, the product itself is different too because now you're dealing with sometimes raw product uh, or items that need to go into a pantry that, that are not uh, already ready to be consumed. Awesome. All right. One more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Yes, it's true. Kick and scream all you want, but more and more guests want to text instead of speaking over the phone. Good thing there's Podium. Even if you're old fashioned like me, this is good news. Frankly, accepting orders via text is more effective, efficient, and accurate. You can even accept payments after hours. How convenient is that? Not to mention it's safer. No more accepting credit card numbers over the phone. Instead, do it the safe way with Podium payments. By the way, Podium payments is fully integratable with Apple Pay. Uh, what else is there? Do you like getting reviews? Who doesn't? With Podium Pay, send a review invite at the time it's most likely to be clicked right after an order is completed. They even throw in 250 review invites as part of Podium's free products. Now, you might be asking yourself, what about websites? Everybody wants to order online. Podium's got you covered. Take orders from your website, no matter what tools you use via Podium Web Chat. What are you waiting for? Set up a business texting line right now. No cost, no contract, no reason not to get started. Head to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash Podium and get Podium's starter version free. That's restaurantunstoppable.com slash Podium. Uh, we are back. And is there anything we have not gotten to yet, Zaid, that you want to make sure we get out um, that is key to kind of getting the full picture of how you're executing this? Um, I think we covered a lot. And, and the, only, the only thing I would say is um, it is a different kind of business. We're, we're still learning it. Uh, it. It really mimics more of the grocery type uh, uh, customer habits. Um, and uh, versus the on-demand and, and, and restaurant-type uh, habits. I think this convergence is, is uh, here to stay. Uh, I think it'd be, and we're expanding, by the way, our product lines as we go. We just introduced uh, uh, produce boxes. Uh, so you could buy a Saj curated box for produce and fruits. You could buy an organic one. You could buy an Indian-themed one. You could buy a Mexican-themed one. Uh, and those, by the way, will be really nice as gifts for people at home. So it's evolving is, is what I'm trying to say. And it's quite different than running an actual restaurant. 
Yeah. Uh, you, I, you know, yeah. One thought that did come into my mind that I think is kind of pertinent here is the idea of any regulations that might be unique, um, like rules and regulations that we need to consider if we're looking to execute this that should be on our radar. Well, yeah, I mean, you get a, obviously food safety is first and foremost. Uh, you know, our our facilities are HASP certified. Uh, you got to make sure that you you keep the temperature proper. Uh, as far as the like health departments or the health, uh, the health counties, uh, we haven't got anything yet, but I'm pretty sure there will be some regulation coming down. Uh, just like there's a lot more regulation yeah. now on the third party. Uh, that's so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, okay. So the other question I have um, is it looks like you're partnering with suppliers to facilitate the direct to consumer approval. Uh, what suppliers like dive a little bit more into that. I don't think we've got a chance to really touch on that yet. So, so for example, we're working with a, with a local produce company that does uh, online delivery for, uh, for, for produce. We partnered with them where we certified their product. You know, it's, uh, we, we believe it's, uh, they have a great uh, presence and an excellent operation where they could, through our market, we could actually take orders and give it to them where they deliver the produce boxes directly. And in retrospect, they have some of our products on their market online so that we could, you could buy our hummus, for example, or our meal kits through them as well. So it's, it's really working with the supply chain and working with other partners that are of similar uh, uh, thought process and similar minds with their approach to direct-to-consumer to really be, be able to access as, as many guests and customers as you can. Uh, we're not a produce company. So, so you know, I, I, why don't we have the, yeah, the produce people do it? So basically, it sounds like you're partnering with the Farmers on Wheels service and what you're basically saying is you're giving them the rights to use your intellectual property, AKA the men, like the, the kits themselves, the, the ingredients, the recipes, and then they're just using their uh, infrastructure, their, their warehouses to execute those recipes. They're not to execute, but to fulfill those recipes. So they have all the ingredients, they have everything and they're just, and then, then you're basically just giving like the instructions to go along with that. And they're, then they're executing the, the, the packaging and the delivery of that. It's slightly uh, different, Eric, where it's slightly different in the sense where we, they, they don't touch our product. We, they, they're basically a sales, a sales and fulfillment channel for us. So, so they could sell our kits, but they're our kits. We make the kits. They don't touch the kits. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, so it's, it's more of a... Of a like a market. A, so you're putting your, like a market, your product... Okay. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Like gotcha. And I think, and I think there's a lot of that that's going to happen because it'll be kind of cool if there's markets that reciprocate. And now I'm not only a Middle Eastern or Mediterranean guy. Now I'm an Indian market as well. And now I'm a, I'm a Mexican market as well. And I'm a, you know, uh, uh, Italian market as well. I think if you put those together, the, the net effect of, of the, of aggregation would be huge, mm-hmm. but that's, a different discussion, right? I mean, that, that's taking it to the next level. Gotcha. Um, how does that partnership look as far as how, like, wh- how much do you pay the, the farmers on wheels to like be able to do that for you? Like, how do you guys come, like, what does that agreement look like? Well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a reciprocal agreement. So, so it, it's, it makes sense. You, you figure out what makes sense for both. You understand what the costs are and you allocate it appropriately. The key is that for the, for the guest, there is no markups. There's no change in price. So the guests' experience and what they're paying is exactly the same, whether it is you're getting the product from Farmers on Wheel or getting the product from us. 
Gotcha. Uh, that to me is very important. Transparency and you know we don't want to we don't want to get into this third party thing where it becomes a little a little complicated. Yeah, <laughs> that's another discussion too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. I've loved this conversation, Zaid. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Um, before we say goodbye, I just want to make sure we leave uh, it open to anybody who has any questions. Uh, now is the time to get them out. Um, and if not, um, you can either raise your hand or type them below. Uh, what's the best way to connect with you, Zaid? If you want to follow up with questions, if uh, maybe you want to come join your team, if we're out on the West Coast and we want to, maybe you want to come move out to the West Coast to come join your team. I know you guys are growing. There's a lot of uh, hope on the future for you and your team. What's the best way to connect? Um, through email. My email, you could share it uh, anytime. I'd love to you know, host people when we can and discuss uh, any, any subject with anybody. Beautiful. Uh, it looks like we did just have one come through. Oh, nope. We're good. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Uh, there is no questioning, Zaid. You are unstoppable. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> thank Lovely you. to be here. We'll Stay safe, it. everybody. We will. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Zaid Ayub, thank you so much, brother, for coming on a third time and giving us some deep knowledge on how you converted that commissary space into a direct-to-market operation. Uh, some great tools recommended and some great uh, systems recommended and uh, strategies recommended in today's show. I really loved it. And uh, this is what I'm talking about. This is the new vision for Restaurant Unstoppable, going deeper, connecting on a deeper level with people who are already in my, my network. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality is one of the lessons I'm, I'm looking or I've learned and looking to kind of ex- expand on is going deeper and reconnecting in a whole new level with my past guests and bringing you guys with me, literally bringing you guys with me. We're recording these conversations live and you if you're in the network, can join the conversation. Ask your questions. My vision for Restaurant Unstoppable is to connect this generation of leaders with the next generation of leaders. And I want you, to, you are the next generation of leaders. I want you to join the conversation. And you can do that by heading over to restaurantstoppablenetwork.com and creating a profile um, and literally being a part of the conversation. And we actually just wrapped up our Q3 mastermind commitment uh, this week. So if you're interested in Q4 masterminds, here's what you got to do. Uh, reach out to me, Eric, at restaurantunstoppable.com and let me know you're interested. I'm gonna, going to give first right of refusal to Q3 masterminders. Um, we're going to try to do three groups for Q4, and those are going to be on Mondays. And then on Tuesday, uh, we have office hours where I just make myself available to uh, you, my listeners, or we host our talk shop, uh, which is basically talk and shop with our past restaurant tour guests. When their episode goes live on Monday, ideally I want to have them come join a zoom conference where you guys get to ask your questions about their episodes. Wednesdays, we have our workshops. Uh, this was recorded last Wednesday with Zayd Ayub. And then Thursdays, again, office hours where I'm just hanging out every week from noon to one Eastern time. Uh, we might add some more office hours in there to be more accommodating, but you get to just hang out with me and a bunch of other restaurateurs and we help each other out. We share information. We brainstorm. We mastermind. We're just there for each other. So come hang out. Come be a part of the network. Again, that's restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com. Can't wait to see you over there. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>